0: Everybody. Welcome to the podcast. We're so excited today. We are having a fun special podcast uh, where we are talking about Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. This is kind of in honor of Shazam coming up because I'm so excited about that. Uh, but also because I went on a special superhero movie ranking podcast uh, over at Jay Vader's uh, channel and my friend, <laughs> Chris <from> Durbania, he, <laughs> said that you would never seen this movie and I said okay we have to solve this problem right now so thanks so much for coming on the podcast.
1: I'm so excited to be here and I'm glad you did this podcast because I obviously have this gap (laughs) and I got to go fill that gap and I'm so excited.
0: Because I knew you're the biggest Batman fan and Superman fan that could exist and I was like you've got to see this movie it's so
1: good so yeah. (laughs) Yeah I'm ashamed that I missed it but I think it was just my childhood, like I watched Batman the animated series, but for some reason, I think I was in a frame of mind as a kid that Batman as an animated movie I wasn't interested in. I wanted Michael Keaton's Batman or whatever other Batman yeah. and so I was too good for it or something. <laughs> but now that I've grown up and matured, yeah, you know, I'm excited to finally go back and correct this mistake and watch Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah,
0: I think a lot of people think that just because it's animated that it's going to be kind of silly or it's not going to or maybe they kind of lump it in with some of those bad batman movies from the 90s i don't know Uh, (laughs) came out the shoemaker ones Uh, but it's my favorite batman movie really kind of by far i think oh yeah the thing that i think it and we'll talk more about this but the thing that makes me like it the best is i think it's the one that fleshes out bruce wayne's character the best and maybe it's a little bit unfair because we have sort of the whole animated series to also sort of flesh out his character whereas i feel like so many of the other movies the they kind of lean on the villains even the bad yeah. ones um to me most batman movies are about the villains and uh, and I'm not a villain person. I don't really respond to villains. I don't get excited about them. I'm a hero gal. And so that's why I've always liked Marvel movies better uh, because, I don't know, I just like heroes better than villains. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I I think, but this is the one to me that got that the most right Yeah. Of of just really making him feel uh like a real person that you could relate to and uh, not just some blank face
1: oh i totally agree and it was it was interesting how it approached it too like just telling this story with these flashbacks and it was nice that it is sort of a batman origin story but without the hundredth time of us seeing his parents die yes and this picked a different point of his origin story to focus the story instead of All his parents died, he goes and trains from Ra's al Ghul, because in Batman the Animated Series, we see he did train with Ra's al Ghul and all that stuff. So instead of putting the focus right there, this was after that training time. This was after his parents are dead. This is him, probably college age, it's kind of my interpretation, young adult, still fresh in the pain, but at the real critical decision point of his life. And he had this plan and he knew what he was gonna do, and then love interrupts that plan. And so it was really kind of interesting to see what he faced at that decision point of his life. And perhaps mm-hmm. how um, Andrea probably saved him from going into total darkness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a,
0: a plot, I guess, in superhero movies that I always respond well to. Because you've got it in kind of Spider-Man 2. You have that sort of idea of like, what is he willing to give up to save these people to save to be a hero same thing with superman too you have that that is he willing to give up his love for these people that he doesn't even you know necessarily even like and you know it's interesting because i was thinking about it watching it today and one of the things i don't like about man of steel is i don't like the way that it it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I think it would be a lot more satisfying if it was a traditional narrative in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was thinking about it here, and I'm like, why does it work for me here, and it didn't work for me there? And I know you love Man of Steel, but I don't know. It's just an interesting thing to me uh, because I, I I don't know. I just feel like... I, you, you get these short little sort of bursts into his past. And uh, I feel like it does a better job of kind of building this character of this person. Yeah. And, uh, and it, I don't know. It just, maybe it's just because I don't like a lot of those flashbacks. <laughs> I don't know. It was, just, it was just an interesting thought and I don't know if I necessarily have an answer for it. I but think I, If but, I
1: could, you know, yeah. give my theory as to what I think, because man of steel is so much his refusal of the call. And he's yeah. so afraid, and so it's not him deciding between being a hero and choosing, you know, to settle down with somebody that he loves. This is Man of Steel's a lot of him dealing with fear before he becomes Superman, and that's what a lot of the flashbacks are. And in some ways, and keep in mind, I love Man of Steel, and I've right. given nothing but positive spins on this stuff, but I'm going to go a little negative right now. It can give him a little bit of a whiny feel mm. as he just he's going back and forth in a different way, whereas Bruce Wayne has not refused the call. In fact, he has accepted a calling on his life and he wants to step into that calling. But in this narrative, as it's jumping back and forth, we're seeing a Batman who's already chosen to be Batman, but we're looking at a point in his life where he's facing some temptation between the love of his life or stepping out and being that hero. Mm-hmm. We know the choice that he's gonna make. It's just interesting to watch him get there. It's kinda I mean, we know what yeah. Clark is gonna do. We really think. Right. But it feels like if I had to compare these two movies, Clark comes off a little bit more whiny because it's not such a critical decision point, I guess. Mm -hmm. Whereas Bruce Wayne, you really kind of, you see his pull to save the world. You see his pull to have, you know, the love of his life. You see this vow that he's made to his parents and what, how does he feel about that? So they added a few other layers Mm -hmm. in this movie.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. You did a good job explaining what I couldn't explain. That
1: <laughs> <laughs> was very good. Uh, yeah. Keeping in that, mind I still good. love man, yeah, but you know, <laughs> I could go both ways and see what's positive about his journey, but I can also see yeah. what's negative about it.
0: Yeah, that's good. That yeah, that's very good. I think there's just something about uh his character here that just feels sort of more I just felt more sort of sympathy for him and I think you're I think you're absolutely right. So uh, so you watched the animated series. Uh, as a kid correct yep. uh and yeah I, I think that this does such a good job i i can't think of a better movie either based on a television show or continuing on the story of a television show we've seen that before i can't think of a better one than this i can't either yeah i really can i mean i i i don't know i'm just trying to think of any other
1: well, it's of- funny, the animated series has no origin point, really. It kind of just starts while he's Batman. So it's fun because you can watch this movie anywhere. You can watch it in the middle of watching the series, at the end of watching, or yeah. you can place it at the very beginning Yeah. because it, it does kind of show you how he started to be that Batman. And so you could start it at the beginning with this film and then jump into the animated series and it's seamless. And that's one of the things that I think was, I thought about that I was watching this because I remember even as a kid, I was like, how did this Batman start? And now it was cool to see that and see kind of the struggle that you had in starting.
0: Yeah. Well, they had most of the team back uh, from the animated series. Obviously all the voice uh, cast basically back with uh, Kevin Conroy as Batman. He does such a great job. And then you have uh, you have a great other cast with uh, Stacey Keach, Abe Vigoda, Dana Delaney, a uh, really, really good. And of course you have Mark Hamill as the Joker and yes. he is so terrifying as the Joker. And I like, even a movie that I really disliked the killing joke or killing joke movie. I, he's still really, really good as the Joker as far as vocal performance.
1: Oh yeah. It's interesting because what I liked about Mark Hamill and this one is kind of his faith in Batman. Like he, he's listening to this mob boss tell him all about how Batman is killing all these mobsters and Joker's like, yeah, I'm not really buying it. So he kills the mob boss, ties him to a chair, sticks a camera on there to draw out the criminal and see who, who is this that is doing this in the name of Batman. And it was really, I thought Mark Hamill's Joker in this one was more clever than I've seen him in a very long time and very frightening and scary. It was a really cool uh, combo they put in his character,
0: yeah, I think so too, and yeah they got uh you have um uh Paul dini i uh, that i uh, that uh, was uh and you have Bruce Timms who are all kind of back in who are creators of the series uh that i uh, that doing the well screenplay and uh dr- Bruce tim directing eric radamoski also and i and Alan Burnett. Right? Anyway, you got a bunch of the people that were key in the animated series back. Um, the only thing I think that you can really compare Batman the animated series to is X Men the original series, and, which I
1: did not watch. That
0: okay. yeah, you should definitely add that to your list because it's great. It's really really well done, and I hope that if we get a reboot of the X Men <laughs> uh, with uh, with this new, uh, ownership that I hope they watch the anime series. Cause it was great. And I actually for, uh, for Hallmarkies, I got the chance to interview, uh, Catherine Disher, who is the voice of Jean Grey. And, oh, cool. uh, I got to interview her three times. So that was because she's on a show oh, on Hallmark. And that was really, really cool that like, is see? so
1: awesome, yeah, <laughs> that's like a double joy it's it's a hallmark yeah. actress, and yeah, Gray. so that's just awesome.
0: It was really, really cool, and it's sad that this movie failed at the box office. I'm not sure why I think it wasn't really marketed that well. I think it was sort of in there really quick, and they didn't give a ton of notice to like the theaters and to uh that it it, it uh, and I think it's just sometimes a hard sell for these kind of animated films because yeah. people just have, you know, animation in this little bubble that it's it, it, that I think it, i that if they do an an animated Batman movie now that we've had into the Spider Verse, I think that it will do better.
1: I think so too.
0: Yeah. Sure.
1: Yeah. There, so. The, the early, I saw this is 1993, and it's like yeah, the early '90s is kind of weird about some of that kind of stuff. And I watched the trailer for this as I was putting together my analysis that I recorded and the trailer is awful. It's just awful. It doesn't show, I mean, granted, yeah, it doesn't spoil anything, but it also doesn't entice you to want to go see it. So if that was like the main theatrical trailer and the main thing to try to draw people and no wonder it failed. It was a, it was not a good Mm -hmm. trailer. It does not show off like how good this film is. I mean, soon as I hit play and the opening credits started and that music was playing and (laughs) as it's panning in and out of these 3D buildings, yeah, it looks a little dated to us nowadays, but my gosh, it was like majestic just watching the (laughs) opening credits scene for me. I was like, oh, I'm in for something good. So I feel like whoever showed up for the theater did not regret it, but yeah, that trailer was horrible.
0: Yes. I Well, I haven't seen the trailer, but I agree with you about the opening credits. I think it is really just it immediately draws you in. It sets the tone. I love the way that this movie throughout the whole movie uses light and shadow. That's yeah. kind of an underappreciated part of animation that sometimes we don't think about uh, is the way that you can create tone and feel using different lighting. And different oh, colors yeah. and different things like that. And I think they do a really good job with that. And then, yeah, in Shirley Walker, her score was just so great in uh, in this. I love the way that it uses, it has like such gravitas, the, the score. It uses these cool oh, numbers and these uh, that just, I don't know, it's it's pretty impressive for the budget and for the, for I mean, it's just impressive period, but especially impressive for something, you'd expect this to be a with. If you just listened to the score, you would think this was like a two hundred million dollar film, like a oh, huge yeah. film.
1: Yeah. No, I and got. that it, that was some of the cool stuff about the movie. And and throughout the whole movie, though, the score held that for me. And it just that's one of the ways I just got lost in it and forgot I was watching a longer episode of Batman the Animated Series. Like the story and the score, like combined together, was an awesome like one two punch. And it was really, it's some of that score kind of um, more nostalgia for me than probably for you. It took me a little bit back to Tim Burton's Batman and Batman yeah. Returns, but yeah. in that it's just kind of cool to get that, and it made me go, "Man, I wish this was the um, Batman Three instead of Batman Forever."
0: Right. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it was funny. She said that because there's a bunch of spots where it's sort of is this there's this choral kind of Latin, and it's very like big and bold. And she said that uh, in some of those sections in, in, in the main title sequence that there were actually the names of Warner Brothers executives spelled backwards. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's so it was cool. like Latin.
1: Latin. Well, you know what? It sounded pretty. So yeah. that's it. That's good enough for me. I thought it was awesome. But
0: yeah, me too. She was amazing. And yeah. uh, so yeah i really really like and she did the the score for the animated series and then i would go on to do a bunch more scores uh superman the animated series uh the batman beyond yeah really 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 great and I, it just adds this like i said this gravitas to the whole movie that you feel like this isn't just watching an extended episode of the of the show that this is something really special I think having that fake lad it works for me.
1: (laughs) It really did. And it totally changed my expectation from the very beginning. Because I was Mm. expecting something good, because Sean Chandler makes fun of me for the fact that I haven't seen this yet. Uh, You know, you've been like, why haven't you seen this? And I've had a couple other people like, what? You didn't see Batman: Mask of the Phantasm? What is wrong with you? So (laughs) I did have high expectations going in. But it's, it's interesting, the gravitas, like you said, that that score, just kind of all of a sudden envelops you. And so just right from the very beginning, I went in with high expectations and then that just elevated me further and kind of just engrossed me in. And I I just, I texted my wife and went, oh my gosh, I'm watching the credits and this is (laughs) Letty, one of the best Batman movies.
0: I'm so happy. Well, (laughs) it starts out, it's really interesting because I don't know if I can think of other Batman movies where it starts out with him just basically being Bruce Wayne and he he learns that people don't fear him as bruce that this is not going to work and so that's why he he has to become batman is because it's he's just not you know effective as just a man which i thought was was interesting i like that
1: that was a really interesting little flashback scene that they did where his first night out just wearing the black clothes and a mask over his face and it's funny because you can tell this is young Bruce Wayne. When he's recounting this to Alfred the next morning, he's like, I was in the zone as he's practicing yeah. his jiu But he's talking like a young guy who's utterly pumped on adrenaline and, oh, yeah, man, that was just totally awesome. I mean, he didn't talk like that. But he had <laughs> that kind of energy about him. But, yeah, that revelation that he's like, no, everything about what I did was good. And it felt like I was really in the zone. The problem is they weren't afraid of me from the start and from the start, they need to be afraid, which was a really cool contrast where the last flashback and he puts on the cow for the first time and we don't see his face, but he turns around and Alfred kind of cowers back a little bit. It yeah. kind of just shows you like, as this progressed, he, he understood what he was going for from the beginning and he brought up that fear that he wanted to inspire in others. So I thought, wow, there was just so much in that first flashback to that last flashback that was so good.
0: Yeah. And one of the things I think is interesting about Batman as a character is that a lot of times it's hard to make sympathetic, sympathetic characters that are wealthy. You know, we talk about a lot of times in Hallmark, you have the bad man of business who's yep. ruining Christmas and doesn't like Christmas. <laughs> yep. And uh, you know, your your you're Scrooge types, you're kind of things. And it's tough, but I think that this does such a good job of kind of making bruce immediately vulnerable and a lot of the movies i feel like just don't even bother really expanding bruce as a character they just kind of like i said they kind of lean on the villains they lean on whose other characters things like that and they don't really expand upon what why he's doing what he's doing but i think this does such a good job of kind of yeah, you've got his parents that are motivating him, but also, uh, you know he he wants to uh, he, he wants to you know make a difference, and he wants to. And, and you have the contrast of this slimy councilman Arthur Reeves, who is a true bad man of business, and you have the contrast of all of these crime bosses who are obviously bad men of business. And so, I think that makes him seem like a a you know a hero.
1: Yeah. And I thought that was interesting too, because even with uh, Batman Begins, you know, Christian Bale, his Bruce Wayne, put on the mask of a playboy. You know, that way to throw everybody off from the fact that he could ever be Batman. He's such a weird, crazy playboy. And even in that movie, Alfred had to be like, You are messing up your father's good name. And it was an interesting thing for him to have to deal with, but I, I don't really feel like he ever kind of pulled up from that nosedive very much. But this one was kind of interesting because it showed both of his personas being good people.
0: Yeah. And and I
1: like that because, I mean, are you really going to guess that Bruce Wayne is Batman if Batman is really doing his job right and being the scary, mysterious figure from the shadows? And so that's what this kind of settles on. He's Batman, but Bruce Wayne is also a good man. And like you said, he wasn't a pretentious snob like you see portrayed so much. Yeah. Um, Even- like before we really got into his vulnerability and he had in the very beginning had a girl, one arm and a girl on the other, there was still something about him that was just likable. Yeah. And they did a very good job of making you like Bruce Wayne.
0: And he's kind of shy. I would say in this one.
1: Yeah. A little yeah. bit. Which yeah. is
0: interesting. Cause uh, even though he
1: had those girls on his arms, it's not <laughs> like he paid them to be there, but you know, they're probably the gold diggers and he's shy and he's nice. And, the funny line was that girl was like, oh, "No girl to make you do the I word, the what? Engagement." <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, you have these pretty intense action scenes and these pretty intense kills for again for an animated
1: yeah thing,
0: or even just for anything uh particularly i think the buzz Bronsky in the cemetery basically getting covered by the i mean that's pretty pretty
1: good that was intense you, yeah I, I was thinking i need to have a camera on me while i'm watching this because i was leaning forward on the edge of my seat like are you kidding me like i was just <laughs> on the edge of my seat like when that first guy that the phantasm kills and he tries to run the phantasm over and goes out of the parking garage and into the next building. Like, that was pretty intense. But then you get to the graveyard scene, and you have the phantasm pretty much doing the worst fear that we all have, being buried alive, (laughs) dropping the stone on that guy in an empty grave. And it's part of what took me out of Batman the Animated Series world and made me forget I was watching an animated movie and brought me into the world of Gotham and Batman. Those scenes were really good.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. And did you like the whole idea of the phantasm?
1: The phantasm was excellent. I mean, even the twist of identity, who the phantasm was, which I thought that was kind of predictable. But even though it was predictable, I was totally in on that journey. Like the the predictability of it did not turn me off in any way. And it was just kind of cool, though. Like, I love the voice modular thing that the phantasm had. So it sounded scary. I still wanna understand how the phantasm disappeared in and out of the mist. That was pretty slick. So (laughs) there's a lot of really cool things about that. Also,
0: I don't know how she kind of expands her
1: body to make her look so big, but. I don't know, know. it's gotta be some sort of puppeteering thing, (laughs) I don't know. But it worked, man, that that villain was intimidating. And I I was watching this thinking why, okay, so we adopted Harley Quinn out of the animated series. Why hasn't there been the same adoption of this villain out of this movie? This is really good.
0: Yeah, and I think it could really work. And I think that you get just enough of the Joker, because, I don't know, I feel like that character is almost the best sort of balanced out. Yeah. But a lot of times when they balance it out, it's just like, oh, we're in Hong Kong. And... (laughs) and whereas i think it's that this is so like this is a good balancer i mean this is a really intimidating really scary you know kind of character and and so yeah i think i love the way that they do the animate the action in this movie i think it's really fast it's really quick and i think that Uh, Especially when there's any kind of driving act type action scene, Uh, it's just I love the way it kind of reminds me of the movie Akira, which is an anime film where everything is very fast and very, uh, and you see sort of the when someone's driving you see the the lines that are moving and you kind of feel like you're in a tunnel with the character. And I wouldn't be surprised
1: if they were sort of inspired by by Akira a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. But I I agree. The animation and the fight scenes like I didn't even think about it till you said it. That's how much into this I got that I just oh yeah, was I I mean, I was just that into it. I was like this is so well done. And one of my favorite scenes is probably before Bruce Wayne was Batman and he's just wearing the black outfit and he was chasing that guy down in that truck. That was a really really like great car chase chase car chase scene and I really enjoyed that. That was really good
0: yeah and we get early on that bruce says or batman says that it, it's got to be one way or the other and so yeah. this that's kind of the theme of this whole movie is that he like we talked about he has to dec- he has to decide what uh, he's going to uh what he's going to do with his uh, life and is yes. he going to it's got to be one way or the other and uh and also like when he's talking at the graves that, and he's sort of remembering what happened with Andrea Beaumont that, that, you know, and he says that he says, please, I need it to be different. And I think that you really get to inside his heart, you know, that he's, he just wants to be happy and, and, uh, that, uh, And then he says to, and then he later in one of the flashbacks he says to Andrea, he says, "I know I made a promise, but I didn't see this." Or he says this to Alfred about getting engaged to Andrea. She says, "I know I made a promise, but I didn't see this coming. I didn't count on being happy." Yeah, which is such a chilling line because you know, kind of, you know that he's not going to be happy. You know it's not going to work out because it's obviously it's a flashback. But also, you just know that his calling is to not be happy. (laughs) And and it's something I think about all the time that like, how do I explain this? That we have like these beautiful works of art that come out of despair and passion and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and horrible things happening. And so do we say, Oh, we want this person to be happy. Therefore they won't have in created this beautiful art. Or do we say, you'd be (laughs) be unhappy so that we get the great art. It was kind of an interesting
1: question. Oh, it is. I mean, it's kind
0: of what they talk about in a little bit in whiplash, you know, do we, uh, do we want to put up with all of this in order to create something great? And I still am not convinced that that's required to create something great. But even the movie Amadeus, it's kind of the same question of like, he was very miserable, but if he wasn't miserable, would we have gotten that great music? I don't know. We might yep. probably wouldn't have. And so I it's an interesting kind of dilemma yeah. for, for people, I
1: think. Um, C.S. Lewis, my favorite author of all time, He brought that up in his book, *Paralondra*, which is the second book in his space trilogy, because he talked about the fallen Eden and how out of it, God made the most beautiful thing with Jesus on the cross and the new creation, how he made something utterly beautiful out of something so broken. But then C.S. Lewis adds this line, but that which was made whole was never meant to be broken. So in other words, there was something beautiful intent right there at the beginning, and we missed that. But even though we missed it, out of the brokenness and out of the ashes something beautiful still came regardless and so yeah. that's like this incredibly beautiful sentiment and i kind of thought about that while i was watching bruce wayne because yeah. i felt horrible for him the whole way through in all those flashbacks because i've never ever seen a bruce wayne that unbelievably happy right and i and you know like you said knowing what's coming like we don't know how he's going to lose her we just know he is we don't know what's going to change things but It will change and he will be Batman. But it's just like, oh my gosh, dude, I just want you to be that happy. And that line that you talked about where he's crying at his uh, family's uh, tombstone and he's just saying, I didn't count on being happy. It just shows you how broken of an individual he was that he expected that never again would he experience happiness or joy. And now all of a sudden, love interrupts his plans and he's found a happiness that he never thought he would have. And I feel like, in a way, that was also his redemption, because even though he was hurt worse a little bit later, I feel like there was remnants of that happiness that kept him from going into the darker shadows of Batman and kept him on that justice side instead of that vengeance side. That's just a yeah. the theory that I have, but yeah. I was thinking about that while I was watching that.
0: Well, and maybe it's sort of similar to what you have in, like, in Inside Out, that you know the joy at the beginning of the movie, she believes that, that happiness is fun happiness right. is, and by the end she understands that happiness is a much richer experience and yeah. and that it requires a certain degree of sadness and a certain degree of uh a certain degree of sacrifice uh, mm-hmm. in in her life and i think that maybe we get a little bit of that here too that uh he he feels the extreme joy of of falling in love which that's got to be the most happy thing that anyone can experience in life and instantaneously all those bats come out of the cave that was
1: really great imagery it really was (laughs) it's like destiny is calling oh this sucks
0: yeah yeah and like you said i really appreciated that they have this origin story without the Mrs. Wayne clutching her pearls. Yes, and, uh, it was just refreshing, and it was
1: refreshing. <laughs> picking a different point of his origin to tell a story from this point, we don't have to go all the way back. We yeah. can pick it up at this point right here, which is probably a little bit more interesting.
0: Right. Yeah. So then Andrea and it's, she basically John's him gives back the ring, and it's so sad.
1: That was sad. <laughs> oh, I hated that scene. I was I was like mad. And sad is like, what happened at that dude's house with those criminals? Her father should never have been in with those criminals.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and then I, but I do love when she's talking with Bruce and she says, the way I see it, the only one controlled by his parents is you.
1: That was a really strong line in this movie. That, I mean, that, that made me pause while I was watching the movie. It's like, oh yeah. gosh. But I think the truth of that statement is she was controlled by her father. Mm-hmm. In the sense that her anger that he was murdered, the vengeance is controlling her. yeah, so I, I feel like even though she said it, they are both being controlled by their past and their parents in that moment,
0: yeah, yeah. and 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 it's so tricky because those people that are passed on can become whatever you want them to become. yeah, you know they're they're perfect, basically in your memory. Especially yep. as if you lost them as a child, I mean, oh, yeah. you get it. Uh, so <laughs> uh, they they can become this thing that you can never live up to, and uh, and you know we have some really there's all these different mobsters that you see. Uh, there's this guy Valestro, uh and then that like you said, the uh, the Joker leaves there with this leaves him with this exaggerated smile. And this, I mean, that whole
1: scene was amazing. That was good. That was was really, but that was cool because it, again, gets into how smart the Joker is and the phantasm shows up. There's his victim already dead and a camera and the Joker like, hey, you're not Batman. It's like one of those chilling little moments. It's like, wow.
0: I also like how they, for some reason, I like the the fact they use the blue suit uh for this as opposed to the black suit that you see in a lot of batmans. I don't know, yeah. there's just something about it that kind of makes me feel like he's more sort of innocent it's just more <laughs> I don't know. I like it.
1: They definitely made this Batman feel a little bit more innocent than other Batmans we've yeah. seen. And I think the blue suit definitely helps, but I think the thing that really helps is just getting to see this good guy Bruce Wayne. And so yeah. when you flesh out Bruce Wayne and then you have him as Batman, it seems to flesh out batman a ton more because you understand why he's not killing people you understand why he's not descending into that level not just that he doesn't want he just can't like he set that up and he can't do it he will not descend to that level which was a really cool plot line where people couldn't distinguish the phantasm and batman and batman starts taking the heat for this guy's crimes or this girl's crimes and here's batman utterly innocent so it's kind of interesting to dive into it that way yeah
0: yeah when batman is fighting those kind of the police thugs for lack of a better word uh that uh, when then finally andrea picks him up in uh, yeah. in that alleyway i i think that that you can tell that that's really hard for him like he is he has a hard time sort of subverting authority yeah in that way like he wants to believe in these people and he wants to believe in in uh in the the authorities and everything and uh And you could just tell he's obviously also conflicted by St. Andrea again. Yes. After all that time. And we find out that her father basically is sort of blackmailed that he got money from the, from the organized crime. And, uh, and then uh, he was kind of, uh, he was threatened. And uh, so that's why she ended up having to break things off. And they were kind of, they were on the run basically And then she went back to try to avenge each one of these uh, mob bosses that had put him there and including this guy, Arthur Reeves, who is this councilman who you find out that he uh, turned to the, turned to the mob when he was uh, running out of money for his campaign. And so. Yeah, that was a
1: good scene.
0: I love the Joker with this Arthur Reeves guy and you. You, he's he's there and you just see him in the uh. all you don't even see the Joker and but you just hear Tusk 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 <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's
1: really good <laughs> so speaking of the Joker and his involvement in that scene it was cool to get a Joker Joker origin story without a Joker origin story yeah. like we saw him before he was the Joker right and we saw his involvement in this which is cool because it gives Andrea this focal point for her vengeance which gives the joker a larger role in the story but it was also nice because i think he was the assassin that actually carried out killing her father but what we never see is the transformation from that that dude to the joker so mm-hmm. that gets to remain the mystery what really broke him and made him this insane that he is the joker that keeps the character mysterious while also giving us a look at him before he was the joker And that was freaky when Bruce Wayne found that picture and he recognized the Joker and grabbed the red color pencil and drew the Joker's mouth. And then you hear the Joker's laugh. That was fantastic.
0: Yeah, that was really good. That was really, and you got Arthur Reeves in the, in the hospital, just like laughing like a crazy person. That was was really good.
1: I like that. That was really good.
0: And uh, they're talking about the masked, uh, the the phantasm and they say he looks like the ghost of christmas
1: future which I yeah, that was a really good little line there <laughs> yeah
0: and uh so yeah he's kind of laughing hysterically and i liked the fact that you had uh the there's a shot with the joker and it's kind of looking down on him and you see him like and uh and the, they have the almost exact same shot of arthur doing the almost exact same thing uh,
1: which I thought was really, really yeah, cool. Yeah, that was cool. That was, that was really cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, we get the reveal that the mask that the phantasm is Andrea, and, and that she, what she is doing, and uh, and he, she says to her father, "Look what they did to us. They had to pay." And yep. uh, and he says, "But Andy, what will vengeance solve?" And uh, so.
1: I think we really see that Vengeance didn't solve a darn thing for this girl. So that was a really interesting look because I think Bruce was hurt really bad by the death of his parents, finally found happiness, was hurt really bad by her leaving. Finding out that her leaving was because of these mobsters could have given Bruce the exact same motivation for Vengeance as her because they both lost their married life together. They both lost what could have been because of these stupid mobsters. But what we really see is she gave herself over to that vengeance, and he always found a way to rise above. And what I thought was interesting, and I said this in my analysis, you really see that Bruce Wayne in the middle of this movie, not even in the flashbacks, when they got together again, they were making out in his room again, and all of that stuff. What you really saw was because he wasn't descended to that level of vengeance, he could have put Batman aside once this mission was done and accepted happiness, but not her. Because vengeance had so consumed her that she couldn't even receive the happiness and the joy that was like literally right in front of her face, right there. She could not stop. And so because of that, we have that thing of her alone in all black at the very end of the movie with that veil over her face alone. So vengeance only hurt Bruce and her.
0: Yeah. I think that vengeance and probably uh, bitterness, I would say like being unwilling to forgive, you do only that kind of are the same thing. It's kind of a, a flip side of of envy, and the reason why I say envy is such a a deadly sin, one of the, the seven deadly sins, is because it's unquestionable. You cannot yeah. ever, you'll just find new things to be envious. There's no, uh, <laughs> and most of the time you're comparing your worst to their best. Yeah. And there's nothing that that other person can do about it. And there's nothing that even if you have what they have, and same thing with vengeance, even if you get supposedly that vengeance, it's not, uh, it's, it's still, it's never going to, it's never going to fill that. It's just an un, un yeah.
1: yeah. That vengeance comes out of that bitterness. So yeah. unless you solve the bitterness, you will always be thirsty and it will never be quenched. And so, yeah, yeah that's an interesting uh. line that I did not say in my analysis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and but we get this really long sort of segment towards the end with this fight between the Joker and Batman in this you know, like abandoned amusement park factory kind of thing. And there's a lot of really good lines in there. There's a lot of really fun action. Really great animation. Uh, They find out basically that the the whole building is wired to explode. And, And so, you know, everything kind of does explode and 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 it's a it's a really good uh, action scene and but i think the the real like heart of the movie is this conversation between uh bruce and alfred uh, at the at the after all this has happened and alfred says vengeance blackens the soul bruce i've always feared that you would become that which you fought against you walk the edge of that abyss every night, but you haven't fallen in, and I thank heaven for that. Yeah. I think that's a real theme of the movie is walking this line between uh between good and evil, between what you are fighting against and what you in becoming you know, becoming that person. And uh, and so I don't know, I think that, that that says it all in that one.
1: I think statement. so. And I feel like not only does that capture the heart of this movie, but it captures the heart of the Batman character. Because yeah. the biggest grievance I had in Batman vs. Superman, because I liked Affleck's performance, mm-hmm. but what I didn't like was that Batman being a killer. I mean, he just, he just killed random henchmen like it was absolutely nothing. Right. And every time that happened, I, I winced because, and I hadn't even seen this movie, but the, the way this movie worded it, that was the heart of it. If Batman kills he is the criminal he's fighting against and to me that's always what made batman interesting he wears darkness he comes to inspire fear in his enemies but his heart is really light so it's this weird contrast of who this guy really is and i feel like this movie was the best representation of that and it just it's one of those reminders why i always loved batman as a kid like superman and batman were always my two favorites And that is something that I loved about Batman. Yeah, he got his hands dirty, but there was a line he was never going to cross because he knew who he was and he knew why he was doing what he was doing.
0: Well, and that's what allows him to be a symbol of hope. Uh, Whereas, uh, you know, a lot of these kind of characters become very just sort of one note and aren't interesting. But because he walks this line between this uh you walk the edge of the abyss every night uh that he you love him for that you are and because you know what he sacrificed and you know how hard that is for him and so that makes him a character that's easy to root for and uh, whereas if he's just some vigilante that's eh, not as good yeah
1: and that's kind of the problem with a lot of modern uh well, when I say a lot of modern, I'm picking on Batman versus Superman. <laughs> that was my problem is because he he was more of a random vigilante. I was more on Superman's side. They're like, yeah, Superman, you got to stop this guy. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. and what was sad was they didn't give him a reason to be that way. Yeah, you see the Robin suit, ha, ha, ha jokes on you. But you didn't see what made Bruce really fall to that level. And so that's what was missing in that Batman versus Superman is why is he at this level and that's what I loved about this one is we saw the Heart of Batman in this movie,
0: yeah, I think they were trying to do it with the Martha moment, but it just came out of nowhere, yeah, and so it wasn't it didn't feel earned at all to me, and it was just kind of funny because it was yeah. so out. Of the blue, and they do a much better job in this movie of making him the world's greatest detective and making him really putting the pieces together. I think yeah. a lot better than in that movie, certainly, and but in most of the movies because uh, he, I don't know, he's just he's smart, he's he's. Uh, whereas in that one, I felt like everybody was smarter than Bruce yeah. Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, everybody. Well, I mean, to... <laughs> they really try to highlight the wisdom of Lex Luthor, apparently, in the way that he was. Yeah. Able to superman and batman and find out their identities and then use that against them and it's like okay we saw the wisdom of luther he's so batman yeah so smart so why did we not have that in there so yeah that's those are among my weaknesses that i could pick on bvs for for sure
0: uh, yeah and, i mean we could we could have we should probably have a whole nother podcast about that but but yeah <laughs> i i do think that movie really missed sort of the tone and what is why we root for both of those characters i think they, yeah Got Superman wrong, and they they got Batman wrong, but uh, but this I think really really gets it right that he is uh, it's it that it's a scary thing that he's doing and that he is scared that he's a that I think it works him being kind of shy and kind of quiet and that he's just trying his best to sort of fill his role of what he's kind of been called to do. And you, you learn this, you learn the backstory, you learn the sacrifice. And I, you know, when he says goodbye, my love, like, or when Andrea says, I think it's Andrea says goodbye, my love to them. uh, It's really, it's, it's really a heartbreaking moment. And, I I don't know. I just really really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed this movie. I think it's very well done. I think the animation is great. I think things little things like the sound design is great. I think, uh, like I said, we said the score. uh, The just I don't know. I just love. It's one of my when I did my top fifty favorite anime films. This made my list, and I probably even higher now that I think about it. But. Anyway, so there we go. We pretty much covered the whole. I
1: think we did. It's a very <laughs> short movie, but it's, it's interesting. So I'll do this one last little comment, maybe last little jab at the yeah. DCEU, which I hate doing because I love DC. I really, really do. Yeah. But I look at the DCEU and I look at movies like Batman Mask of the Phantasm, and all I can think is, look how many scriptwriters you have that get these characters. Look at all these stories that exist and all these different levels of depth that you can hit my gosh dc take your time and i think they are now i think they they kind of figured it out and i think going forward we'll see more of that but man it's like you go back into these dc animated films like a lot of the superman ones batman mask of the phantasm and all like justice league war and stuff they really do a good job of telling a story and getting to the heart of the characters
0: yeah i think that's key because i like i think that is what Made me love Wonder Woman so much is that I felt so attached to her character, and I think that this version of Batman, like I said, does the best of really getting you attached to Bruce Wayne as a character and a person with feelings, and uh, and so I think that that's key because we've seen so many sort of action movies, and uh, so if you're if you're there's some movies that are sort of saved by just the sheer charisma of the, of the cast and yeah. the wittiness i guess of the script but uh but for the most part you still that's all sort of part of building up the character and making you feel attached to the character and and if they want to go dark and gritty if they want if that's the kind of movies they want to make there's nothing that some of the some of the really dark movies can actually be very hopeful oh, know, I yeah. think of a movie like uh, well, I mean, I think this movie actually is quite hopeful in a way in the end, uh, but uh, but I think of something like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, let's say. It's very dark. It's full of very dark imagery, scary yeah. things, whatever, but it's a very hopeful movie about somebody trying to do something better, trying to, and, and obviously it's a different uh, genre, but I don't know. I just think the whole idea that, oh, just because it's dark means it can't make you attach to the characters and make you make it feel hopeful i think is wrong i i think that I you can absolutely and i mean that's just the aesthetic that they're going for but then uh but then you know make it something that i think a lot of the x-men movies uh the good ones do a good job of kind of having a little bit of a darker feel while making you feel for those characters and make feel hopeful so oh, it's, totally a, it's an interesting thing uh, and yep. uh, so anyway this was really fun yeah it was <laughs> i'm so glad we finally got you we gotta
1: maybe figure out a movie that i haven't seen okay I, I will think about that because yeah. i i could think of some actually <laughs> some of those rated r ones but i won't force you into those yeah. <laughs> well i yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you
0: know, So anyway thanks for doing this this was a lot of fun we'll look forward to shazam uh, and uh so that's coming out we'll, when we post this, it'll be this, that weekend. So look yeah. forward to that. And uh, so where can people find you on your channel?
1: Oh, you can find me on YouTube. Just search Durbanium, I'm the one and only channel with that name that'll pop up. And so I do movie reviews, ranking videos. I do this thing called a theological analysis where I take like this movie and kind of break down and find certain theological components, like the idea of vengeance and bitterness and letting that go and kind of dig into that. It's a fun conversation to yeah. be had. So, I do a lot of fun stuff like that on my channel and I'd love it if you'd come over and check that out.
0: Yeah, you guys should. I really love your theological analysis. Oh, thank you. And I mean, we come from different, probably spiritual backgrounds, but I still find things that I can really use from it. And I appreciate that. Awesome. This is really cool. Uh, so yeah, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews all over social media and on Rotten Tomatoes and on here on YouTube and iTunes. If you're listening on iTunes, if you can give us uh, your ratings and reviews, really appreciate that. And if you are listening or watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Really appreciate that too. And uh, and let us know what you think of Batman Masking the Phantasm. Where is it? line up in your rankings of Batman movies, uh, and, and what do you like about it? We'd love to hear it in the comment section, and on Twitter, let us know, that would be a lot of fun, so thanks again, and we will, yeah, we'll definitely have to talk again soon.
1: Yeah, we will. Okay,
0: bye. Okay,